0: Hi there, and welcome to 30 Days of Grimm. Today's fairy tale has lots of darkness toward the end, but fear not, stick with it for a final happy ending. Episode four is Faithful John. There was once upon a time, an old king. He was ill and thought to himself, it may be that I am lying on my deathbed. Then he said to one of his attendants, Tell Faithful John to come to me. Faithful John was his favorite servant, and was so called because he had been faithful to him all his life. When he came to the bedside, the king said to him, Most Faithful John, I feel I am approaching the end of my days, and the only thing I am worried about is my son. He is still of a tender age, and does not always know what to do for the best. Unless you promise me to instruct him in everything he ought to know— and to be his foster father, I shall not be able to close my eyes in peace. Then faithful John answered, I will not leave him and will serve him faithfully, even if it cost me my life. Hearing this, the old king said, Now I can die in peace. And he went on, After my death, you must show him the whole castle, all the chambers, halls, and vaults, and all the treasures deposited in them. But you must not show him the last chamber, in the long passage, where the picture of the daughter of the king of the golden roof is hidden. If he sees that picture, he will fall passionately in love with her, and will drop down in a swoon, and will expose himself to great dangers for her sake. You are to guard him against that. And when faithful John had once again given the old king his hand on it, the king fell silent, laid his head on the pillow, and died. When the old king had been carried to his grave, Faithful John told the young king what he had promised his father on his deathbed, I will certainly keep that promise, and be as faithful to you as I was to him, even if it cost me my life. When the days of mourning were over, Faithful John said to the young king, The time has come for you to see your inheritance, I will show you your castle. He led him about, up and down, and showed him all the riches and the magnificent chambers, yet there was one chamber which he did not open, the one which held the fateful picture. The picture was placed in such a manner that when the door opened, one looked straight at it. It was so magnificently painted that it made you think it breathed and lived, and that there was nothing more charming and beautiful in the whole world. The young king noticed, of course, that Faithful John always passed a certain door by and asked, Why don't you ever open it for me? There is something inside, he answered, that would harm you. But the king answered, "'I have seen the whole castle. Now I want to know what's in there.' And when he went and was about to force the door open, Faithful John held him back and said, "'I promised your father before his death "'that you should not see what that chamber holds. "'It might turn into great misfortune for you and me.' "'Oh, no,' said the young king. "'If I don't get in, it is sure to torment me. "'I should know no rest by day and night "'till I have seen it with my own eyes.' I shall not move from the door till you have unlocked it. Then faithful John saw that he could no longer prevent him, and with a heavy heart and many sighs he picked out the key from the big bunch. When he had opened the door he went in, first hoping to cover the picture from the king who was behind him, but what use was that? The king stood on tiptoe and saw it over his shoulder, and when he looked at the portrait of the maiden, which was so resplendent and sparkling with gold and jewels, he fell down in a faint. Faithful John lifted him up, carried him to his bed, and full of sorrow thought, "'The misfortune has befallen us. What will it all come to?' Then he revived the young king with wine till he was himself again. The first words he said were, "'Oh, that marvelous painting! Whose portrait is it?' "'It is the daughter of the king of the golden roof,' Faithful John replied. Then the king spoke again. "'My love for her is so great!' that if all the leaves of the trees were tongues, they could still not express it. I will risk my life to win her. You are my most faithful John, and you must help me. The faithful servant pondered within himself a long time how to go about it all, for it was hard even to come into the presence of this beautiful daughter. At long last he did think of a way and said to the king, Everything she has about her is of gold. Tables, chairs, dishes, bowls, and all the household utensils. Your treasure comprises five tons of gold. Have one ton wrought by the goldsmiths of the kingdom into all manner of vessels and utensils, into all kinds of birds and game and wondrous animals. She will find pleasure in them, and we will travel there with all of these things and try our luck. So the king summoned all the goldsmiths, and they were to work day and night till at last the most magnificent things were ready. When everything had been loaded onto a ship, Faithful John dressed as a merchant, and told the king to do likewise to disguise himself. Then they sailed across the sea, and sailed till they arrived in the city, where the daughter of the king of the golden roof dwelt. Faithful John bade the king stay behind aboard the ship, and to wait for him. "'Perhaps I shall bring the princess back with me,' he said. "'Therefore, see that everything is ready, and have the golden vessels displayed and the whole ship decorated.' Then he gathered up all kinds of gold things in his apron went on land and straight to the royal palace when he reached the palace courtyard a pretty girl was standing by the well she had two gold buckets in her hands and was drawing water she was just about to carry away the sparkling water when she turned around and saw the stranger and asked who he was i am a merchant he replied he opened his apron and let her look in oh what beautiful gold things she cried She put her buckets down and looked at the things, one after the other. "'The princess must see these. She is so delighted by such gold things that she will buy them all from you.' She took him by the hand and led him upstairs, for she was the princess's chambermaid. When the king's daughter saw the wares, she really was delighted and said, "'They are so beautifully wrought that I will buy them all from you.' But Faithful John said, "'I am only a rich merchant's servant.' What I have here is nothing compared to what my master has aboard his ship. Indeed, these are the most artistic and most beautiful, precious jewels that have ever been wrought in gold. The princess would have liked everything to have been brought up to her, but he said, That would take days. There are so many things, and it would need so many halls to display them in. I'm afraid your palace has not enough room to accommodate them all. This roused her curiosity and desire even more so, and she finally said, Guide me down to the ship. I will go there myself and view your master's treasures. Then Faithful John led her down to the ship and was most happy. When the king saw her, he found her beauty even greater than it had been represented on the portrait, and his only feeling was that his heart would burst with love for her. She went on board, and the king escorted her in. However, Faithful John stayed behind with the captain and ordered the ship to weigh anchor, saying, Set all the sails, so that she may fly like a bird in the air. Below decks, the king was showing the princess the gold utensils, the dishes, the beakers, the bowls, the birds, the wild beasts, and the wondrous animals. Many hours passed while she inspected everything, and in her delight she failed to notice the ship was moving. Having looked at everything, she thanked the merchant and turned to go home, but when she came to the ship's side, she saw they were far from land on the high seas, and speeding full sail along, "'Oh!' she cried, terrified, "'I have been tricked! I am kidnapped, and in the power of a merchant I would rather die!' But the king took her by the hand and said, "'I am no merchant, I am a king, and of no lower birth than you are. I have captured you only because I love you so much. The first time I saw your portrait in my castle I fell to the ground in a swoon.' When the daughter of the king of the golden roof heard this, she was comforted, and her heart inclined toward him, "'so she willingly consented to become his wife. "'But it so happened that while they were on the high seas, "'Faithful John, who was sitting near the bow of the ship "'playing a tune, suddenly saw three sea birds "'flying through the air toward the vessel. "'He stopped playing and listened to what they were saying "'to one another, for he well understood their speech. "'One of them cried, "'Yes, he is bringing home the daughter of the king "'of the golden roof.' "'Ah,' answered the second, "'but he has not got her home yet.' Well, he has her, hasn't he, cried the third, she is sitting beside him in the ship. Then the first seabird cried again. When they come ashore, a chestnut horse as red as a fox will gallop up to meet them. The king will want to mount it, and if he does, it will spring away with him in the air, and he shall never see his maiden again. The second bird said, Can nobody rescue him? Oh, yes, said the first, if someone else quickly mounts it takes out the gun that is sure to be in the saddle, and shoots the horse dead, the young king will be saved. But who knows that? And if anyone knows and tells it to him, he will be turned to stone from his toes to his knees. Then the second seabird said, I know still more. Even if the horse is killed, the young king will not keep his bride. When they enter the castle together, there will be a bridal shirt ready on a table, and it will look as if it was woven of gold and silver. "'It is nothing but sulfur and pitch. "'If he puts it on, it will burn him to the very bone and marrow.' "'The third asked, "'Is there no way at all of rescuing him?' "'Oh, yes, there is,' answered the second. "'If someone gets a hold of the shirt with gloves "'and throws it into the fire so it burns up, "'then the young king will be saved. "'But what's the use? "'Whoever knows this and tells him "'will turn to stone from his knees to his heart.' "'Then the third seabird spoke, saying, "'I know still more.' Even if the bridal shirt is burned up, the young king will not have his bride. After the wedding, when the ball begins and the young queen is dancing, she will suddenly turn pale and fall down as if dead. And unless someone lifts her up and draws three drops of blood from near her heart and spits them out again, she will die. But if anyone knows this discloses it, his whole body will be turned to stone from head to foot." Faithful John had understood everything. But at that moment, he became quiet and sad. If he was to conceal what he had just heard to his master, the latter would suffer misfortune. And if he were to reveal it to him, he himself would have to sacrifice his life. In the end, however, he said to himself, I shall save my master, even if it cost me my life. Now, when they landed, everything happened as the seabirds had foretold. "'A magnificent chestnut horse, as red as a fox, came springing up. "'Come on,' said the king, and he was about to mount it. "'He shall carry me to the castle.' "'But Faithful John was quicker, swung up on the horse, "'drew the gun from the saddle, and shot the chestnut dead. "'The other servants, who were none too fond of Faithful John, cried, "'What a shame to kill such a fine animal "'that was to have carried the king to the castle.' "'But the king said, "'Be quiet and leave him alone.' He is my most most faithful John, who knows what it may be good for. They went into the castle, and there in the hall was a table, and the perfectly wrought bridal shirt lay upon it, looking no less than if it were made of gold and silver. The young king came to it, and was on the point of taking hold of it, when faithful John pushed him aside, seized it with gloves on, and carried it quickly to the fireplace. There he let it burn up. Once again the other servants began to murmur, "'Lo and behold, now he is even burning the king's bridal shirt.' But the young king said, "'Who knows what it may be good for? Leave him alone. He is my most most faithful John.' The wedding was celebrated. The ball began and the bride began dancing. Faithful John was on the lookout and kept an eye on her face. All of a sudden she turned pale and fell to the ground as if dead. He quickly rushed up, lifted her, and carried her into a chamber. There he laid her down, knelt, and took three drops of blood from near her heart, and spat them out. At once she breathed again and recovered. But the young king witnessed all of this, and did not know why Faithful John had done it. It made him angry, and he cried out, Off with him to the dungeon! The next morning Faithful John was condemned to death, and he was led to the gallows. As he stood there, and was about to be executed, he said, "'Everyone who is to die is allowed to say his last words before his end. "'May I also have this right?' "'Yes,' answered the king, "'the privilege shall be granted to you.' "'Then Faithful John said, "'I am wrongfully condemned and have always been faithful to you.' "'And he recounted of how he overheard the seabirds talk while at sea, "'and had been forced to do all those things to save his master. "'Then the king cried, "'Oh, my most faithful John, mercy, mercy, bring him down!' But as faithful John uttered his last word, he had fallen down dead and become a piece of stone. The king and queen were sorely grieved over this, and the king said, "'Oh, how ill I have repaid such great loyalty!' And he had the stone figure picked up and moved into his bedchamber beside his bed. Whenever he looked at it, he would weep and say, "'If I could but bring you back to life, my most faithful John!' Some time had passed, and the queen gave birth to twins two little boys, and they grew up and were her joy. Once, when the queen was at church and the two little boys were sitting beside their father playing, the king once again looked sadly at the stone figure, sighed, and said, "'Oh, if only I could bring you back to life, my most faithful John!' And the stone began to speak. It said, "'Yes, you can bring me back to life, if you use what is dearest to you to bring it about.' Then the king cried, I will sacrifice everything I have in this world to you. And the stone went on. If you, with your own hand, cut off the heads of your two children and smear me with their blood, I shall come back to life. The king was horrified when he heard that he would have to kill his dearest children with his own hand, but he thought of faithful John's great loyalty and how he had died for him. So he drew his sword and with his own hand cut off his children's heads. When he had smeared the stone with their blood, life was restored to it, and Faithful John stood hale and hearty before him. He said to the king, "'Your loyalty to me shall not go unrewarded.' He took the children's heads, put them back on, and rubbed the wound with their blood. They were whole again that instant, skipped about, and went on playing as if nothing had happened. The king was overjoyed, and when he saw the queen coming, he hid Faithful John and the two boys in a big cupboard. When she came in, he said, "'Did you pray at church?' "'Yes, I did,' she answered. "'But all the time I was thinking of faithful John "'and of what misfortune had befallen him on our account.' "'Whereupon he said, "'Dear wife, we can give him his life again, "'but it will cost us our two children. "'We must sacrifice them to do that.' "'The queen turned pale, and terror seized her heart, "'but nonetheless she said, "'We owe it to him for his great loyalty.' "'And the king was glad that she was of the same mind he had been.' He went and opened the cupboard, brought out the children and faithful John, and said, God be praised, he is freed from the spell, and we have our two little sons back again. And he told the queen how all of it had happened. And then they lived happily together to the end of their days.